Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Hospital ISM Report on Business Teleconference. I'm Rosemary Goupil, and we will begin shortly. I'm joined today by Christina Cahill. Christina, are you able to hear me okay? Hi, Rosemary. You sound really good. Wonderful. Thanks, Christina. And Nancy, have you joined us this morning? I have. You're here after all that excitement you had with no power this week. Yes, no power. I'm sure happy about that. <laughs> not, not a lot of fun. All right. Well, we have. I'm glad you're, everything's okay now. And uh, we do have a few announcements before we get started this morning. Today's overview is presented by Nancy Lemaster, Chair of the Hospital ISM Business Survey Committee. As a reminder, our call today is being recorded, and this is a live teleconference. So we ask that everyone please mute your line uh, just to prevent the background noise. And the next hospital PMI release of the of the uh, July report will be released on Monday, August 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. I would like to thank everyone for joining the Institute for Supply Management today for the release of the hospital ISM report on business. Are there any reporters on the line this morning that know that they're going to have a question for Nancy today? Hi, Rosemarie. This is Dan Zeiger. I'll have a question. Wonderful. Good morning. Thank you, Dan. Okay, so if any reporters... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, wonderful. Okay, great. Thank you, Paul. Okay, so if there's anyone else that uh, knows that they will have a question today for Nancy, we will open up um, the, the questioning after she completes her overview. So it does look like that we have everyone uh, who has said that they were going to join uh, us this morning to ask questions. So I'm going to turn the call over to Nancy LeMaster, Chair of the Hospital ISM Business Survey Committee. Um, Nancy, please go ahead with your uh, overview of this month's report. Oh, thank you, Rosemary. Well, June, we kind of returned to what I would call a more normal pattern that we had been seeing. May was just such a, um, a you know, surprising month. The PMI had got dropped into the contracting range for the first time since the pandemic. Um, and when we, we spoke about it, we talked a lot about the fact that the metrics are relative to the prior month. Uh, it was one data point, um, and we certainly weren't ready to say that the uh, whole PMI was going to stay in uh, contracting mode, and it didn't. We bounced back up to growth with 51.5, and we saw some really strong um, business activity, uh, that metric came in at 57, at 5.5, and we also saw strong new order growth at 53.5, um, up from contracting at 49.5. Now, we did continue to see the backlog of orders in the contracting range. In fact, it contracted faster at 44.5 versus 47.5 last year. But, you know, based on the comments, I think that what we are potentially seeing is that uh, there has been a conscious effort to streamline some processes and reduce backlogs. And people that are wanting to schedule um, are able to go kind of directly into that uh, new orders category versus kind of getting stuck in back orders that 
uh, realm right now. And, and what I heard from them was also kind of a split. I think we've talked before about how often the really big systems are a little bit more insulated um, and tend to have uh, stronger margins and, and don't always have to adjust as quickly as some of the smaller and freestanding. And so I think the pattern we're seeing is that um, clinical labor is still very much in demand. There's still the issue of recruitment and retention and strategies around how to improve that. Your non-clinical labor, you've got at least probably half the hospitals um, that are either freezing or laying off that kind of that type of labor as they struggle to get their margins back in the positive territory. So um, I think that's kind of what's going on there. It's not a it's not a black or white. It's it's more shades of gray, uh, depending significantly on what type of labor is we're looking at within the hospital system. In terms of, of the supply chain, so we're we're back to having some good volumes, um, but what about the supply? Well, we had um, supplier delivery coming in faster at 47.5 and and improving from 49. So that was like a really good metric. Um, they had a five-month trend on that. We've never had that before. The most we ever had was two months in a row of improvement of supplier delivery being in the faster category. So, so that is really um, encouraging, and I think you're seeing that uh, comfort level play out in that uh, inventories are continuing to um, contract. And so... Um, at 46, they're contracting a little bit faster. So, you know, we've had situations in the past where uh, healthcare providers felt their inventories were still were high, but they were still building more because they were either concerned about, uh, you know, the COVID, the flu, the triple pandemic, triple demic. We talked about the RSV, the pandemic. Uh, can't talk this morning. RSV, um, flu, and COVID. Um, Obviously, in the summer, they're not as worried about that, and they, we continue to see a decline in inventories, although inventory sentiment continues to be too high at 62, same as it was last month. Um, so one of the things that I would expect um, to improve with faster deliveries is the touchless orders. Those came in at 51.5, growing and growing a little faster than the, the prior month. Now, that said, um, Still comments from many of the panelists about uh, specific products that are in short supply, maybe on allocation, or they're having to do a lot of substitution. That affects that touchless order number, and is probably why we're not seeing it even stronger, because it's not just about supplier delivery being timely, it's about that delivery being of the correct product, and then if they have to substitute, that throws them into a manual process, which reduces those touchless orders. So overall, pretty you know strong there. Pricing continues to be a really painful, painful part. Uh, prices as a whole increasing, um, although a little bit slower this month. They came in at 60.5, down from 67, so that, that's a good thing. But pharmaceutical prices were up some, up at 60 versus 57.5. Certainly not as bad as we've seen them, uh, likewise, supplies 61.5 versus 65. So you could say, you know, there's maybe a slight movement in the right direction, but it's extremely volatile. I'm sure you've seen in the newspapers the articles about shortages of pharmaceutical supplies. Um, we also are seeing, you know, the supply chain people indicating that 
pharmaceutical shortages are at the moment uh, more of a challenge than supply challenges. Uh, pharmaceutical shortages are an ongoing plague. Uh, most hospitals have teams set up specifically to do with, deal with pharmaceutical uh, shortages, and they've been in place for years. This is an ongoing problem. Uh, let's see. Um, so, you know, good supply activity, good volume. Case mix was uh, at 50, unchained, down from 53. Um, and then days payable bounced back up into growing from 50, from 46 all the way up to 51.5. So we'll keep an eye on that and see if that's just a, a one-month adjustment or the trend. Um, you know, days payable, if you remember, bounces a lot. We will see it up for a few months. Um, and then down and back up again. Um, and that can be influenced heavily by if they're doing product substitutions, it forces a manual process, they can have trouble matching invoices, which can show that, slow that down. It can be on purpose if they're trying to manage cash flow. In some cases, we hear it's staffing related. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. Technology spend um, still in the growing range, 52 versus 51.5. So. Although we did dip into contracting for a couple of months, um, we're seeing that stay. We're seeing hospitals continue to invest in certain technologies, even though they're still under a lot of margin pressure. Um, so overall, <clears throat> I apologize, I've kind of got that allergy crud stuff that everybody has this time of year. Um, overall, I think it was a very good month. It was a stable month. We'll be looking to see, summer can be hard to predict, Generally, uh, if you had to do a rule of thumb, elective pediatric procedures tend to go up in the summer. Kids are out of school. Um, but adult procedures can be very, you know, hit, hit or miss. So um, I think we'll probably continue to see similar numbers in July. But after that May month, we're, we're not getting too cocky about predicting things because uh, we can, they can definitely throw us a curve. So I'm going to stop there take a breath and a sip of water and open it up to Dan for your questions and then Paul will come back to you. Hey Nancy, good morning. Um, yeah, um, my question is not necessarily related to this month directly, but I, I figured it would be good to ask, you know, now that you've had a chance to uh, marinate on it and ask around and, and dive into the data a little bit more, any, any theories or conjecture or evidence as to why um, we had the contraction in May that we did? You know, Dan, I don't have a good idea. Um, you know, I'll be really honest with you. You know, when I talk to uh, my colleagues, you know, and again, my, my samples skewed a little bit because most of the people that I on committees with or talk with are, are bigger organizations. They didn't see a, any kind of a significant pullback in, in volume. I think it was probably just more, April was very strong, um, and we saw some pullback from, from April and the way the metrics, you know, kind of came together. You know, business activity always stayed in the growing range, but we, you know, we really saw a dip in the, uh, in the new uh, orders and, and, uh, and some of the other factors. So I don't think there's anything systemic that happened in May. I think it was more a relative April, things were down, and just the way the math worked, we got a negative PMI. But when I talk with um, 
suppliers in the in the um, hip knee cardiac space that are the the major uh, elective procedures that hospitals are seeking to build back. You know, they're projecting that the the rest of the year is going to be strong. So we'll we'll see. We'll hope that that's right. And we just had a bit of an anomaly, and that that happens sometimes.
ability to work part time, all, all you know, lots of different things that hospitals have kind of traditionally been very conservative and very like, no, this is the way it is. You start as a young nurse, you have to work nights for so many years to earn your seniority to go to here to you know. Um, but the other thing I think that's happening is those are becoming more widely deployed. So some of the systems that created this, and that was a competitive advantage early on, it's not as much of an advantage anymore. Um, I think that when I talk with folks, what you hear a lot about is a lot of outreach efforts all the way into um, middle schools, trying to do a better job of getting out and promoting the clinical side of healthcare as a, as a career path and engaging people and that kind of thing. But I think that's going to continue to be a challenge. Um, on the non-clinical side, I think that, you know, we saw in the manufacturing index that they were contracting an employment service industry was still growing. I mean, that becomes a little bit more, um, you know, as, as one area of the con economy contracts, that can create a bigger labor pool for that, you know, housekeeping, supply chain, uh, tax, um, food service workers, et cetera. Um, you know, the, and then there's one other segment we don't talk a lot about, and that's, that's your professional segment. That's your IT people and your finance people and your supply chain executives. And um, I think that in IT in particular, because we've seen pullback um, from some of the big tech companies, the availability of tech workers has improved. I haven't read much about finance, and I know personally from that, you know, the supply chain is kind of okay. You know, there's a there's a pipeline of people out there, but I think it's going to be very mixed. I think hospitals are going to be very slow to hire non-clinical, and the clinical will be based on their volume. So if they don't have um, you know, a strong surgical schedule, let's say, or they aren't seeing volume, they'll flex that clinical down. But I think they've also learned that they can't be short-sighted because if they cut hours too much, those nurses and tests, et cetera, are likely to go elsewhere, and then when their volume comes back, they, they don't have capacity. So I think they'll be careful to try and, and flex their non-clinical labor down as much as they can to help short margins and um, continue really strong efforts to build the pipeline for the clinical. That's kind of how I'm thinking the rest of the year will go. Does that help? Okay. Is there anybody else on the call that has a question? Nancy, hi. This is Mike Schiller with AHA and Honor. How are you? Good, Mike. Good. Great report. Um, a lot of what you had shared is exactly the same type of feedback I'm hearing. I'm curious, in your conversations, if, if the the word, the O word, is is beginning to surface, outsourcing, right? As we begin to look at clinical, you know, the cost for, for clinicians and the shrinking dollars, perhaps for other uh, other departments, if outsourcing is something that organizations are beginning to consider once again. Just curious if that's come up in any of your conversations. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Mike. No, that's a really good question because history would tell us that that, that may start to become more of an option. 
heard anything, and I, I hadn't up to that point. That's a question that I've asked, and nobody really indicated that that's a direction they're seriously considering. And then I think it was a week later I read an article about outsourcing. I think it was Corn Ferry had, had put an article yeah. uh, regarding outsourcing. But I, I haven't heard it, but definitely agree with you. I think it's something to keep our eye on. Yeah, I, I do. And, you know, the, the jaded part of me would say that, well, of course, you know, I the consultants are, you know, first they promote insourcing and then they promote outsourcing. It seems like a perfect time to start the outsourcing cycle again. So we'll see. Thanks for the question. Anyone else? Okay, Rosemary, I'm going to turn it back to you. All right. Well, wonderful. And thank you, uh, Nancy. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we will hope everybody has a great rest of their July. And we will talk to you again next month.